Welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The best podcast ever. Thanks for and, joining us. <laughs> and uh, whatever this is called. The video of the podcast. The podcast? Uh, I wouldn't no. go that far. Vidcast. Ooh, that's like a it, brand, isn't it? Is it? I yeah. have no idea. You would know better than I would. Yeah. Nah. Okay, cool. Just the video of the podcast. Deal. That's fine. The video of us talking about this book. What Die book hard. are we talking about, book, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard Sins. How to, how to Fight Wisely Against Destructive Daily Habits by Rush Witt. So this is PNR. Yeah. What is PNR? Presbyterian and Reformed Publishers. If you've, I this if you I've never never heard of PNR before this. That's a shame. You told me about this book and yeah. this, and I was like never heard of PNR. Don't great, know it. Great publisher. But now yeah. I do. Almost a whole shelf right up there full of PNR books. Oh, nice. So, who are some PNR peeps? John Frame. Okay, nice. Paul Tripp has written some books. Nice. I've met Paul Tripp. Um, Ed Welsh. Times. Ed Welsh. Wayne Mack. He's in the biblical counseling movement. Um, oh, okay. Not sure I'm familiar with that name. That's all right. Sorry, Wayne. I, th- I think he used to be at MacArthur's church <clears throat> for a while. I could be wrong. Grace Community? On that Grace Community, yes. <laughs> um, a lot of the like CCEF material, which is Christian College Counseling Education oh, yeah. Foundation or something of that nature. Is that also has, Heath Lambert or no? Similar but different organization. They have a similar oh, gotcha. mindset, but um, nice. They uh, most of their stuff's published through PNR, so okay. So diehard sense. Here, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. How did we get this book? How did we get here? So how did we get here? Um, we're helping with the launch team. We're on the launch Ayo. team. Launch team together. So <clears throat> uh, they let us read the book um, for an honest five star review. There you go. So anything less. <laughs> Just don't put it on just Amazon. Don't, just, just don't, just don't review do it. it. Just don't yeah. review it. So, uh, we don't want criticism, only praise. So, because <laughs> that's how you operate in the Christian life. You only want criticism, or <laughs> you only want praise, not yeah. criticism. Don't go all fundamentalist on us. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, slow down. So, uh, I thought it would be helpful since we're doing this thing. I'm going to give a short description of the book. That's probably a good idea. And then, um, I would like to hear from you. Just your overall thoughts, um, even not just content. Was there yeah. anything in the book, like layout or anything like that, that really stood out that you appreciated? So, uh, from the publisher, here's the description: Christians need to fight both big, obvious sins and commonplace, familiar sins, which can sneak in and become the hardest to kill of all. Then it goes on to talk about Rush Wit, the author, pastor, and counselor. Rush Wit defines such diehard sins presents an understandable overall doctrine of sin, which I thought he did an excellent job of. I thought it was one of the best treatments of the doctrine of sin in a non-academic book that I've ever read. Um, It lays out a method for change that pits Christ and his provisions against the subtle, elusive sin that seems Mm. so unkillable. Um, There's another book written by Jerry Bridges just to give some context that's similar to this book and maybe you've read it heard of it called Respectable Sins but it's kind of looking at interesting so this this book is similar to Respectable Sins and that it's not looking at what we might call a big ticket sin yeah like um adultery or murder or something like that but it's looking at 
some of these subtle sins like glut, like gluttony respectable. respectable yeah like ah. he doesn't have so a, what you doing Jerry yeah, Bridges he's not a glutton he just eats a lot right or he enjoys food you know um yeah you know yeah. things of that nature so that's what this book is getting at as well so that's interesting I did not know that correlation and I am also simultaneously reading Jerry Bridges the discipline of grace I wanted to say disciplines of grace but it's not it's the discipline of grace it's a hard one and I found that to be immensely helpful in correlation while I'm reading this but we're not talking about Jerry Bridges today we're talking about Rush Witt we well, are Rush Rush Rushton or Rush I think Rushton's okay. the full name that's a cool name that is a cool name I'm yeah. not sure that I know many or any Rushes he's it yeah for me I can't speak <laughs> just, for you. Just him. So, uh, that's it. You're the only one, Rush. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Rush. Um, so ov- overall thoughts, and I'm thinking big picture here, content. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm like, glad that you know where we're steering this conversation, because yeah. I just came prepared in red. That's that's my preparedness. That's all I asked you to do. So, Is it okay if I turn like this? Oh, no please. Please do. All right. He's, he's, we're, we're getting all... Very comfortable. Up yes, there up you in go. The home office. So evening. honestly, uh, I did not, uh, and this is great too because we have not even talked about this book, um, except for maybe maybe only a little bit. Not in depth, but not in so depth far. At all. The six minutes in, this has been the longest <laughs> we talked about it. So. We're really getting into it here. <laughs> uh, but no, I did not know what to expect reading this book. Didn't know anything about Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, as we just talked about a little bit before, before we started recording the podcast, Al Moeller has a nice little review uh, comment mm-hmm. on the book. What did he say there, roughly? Do you remember? Uh, a much, basically, a much needed resource for every Christian, which is high praise from Doctor Moeller. That is high praise, and now that I've read it, I would tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised if that would be the right words like i said i didn't know what to expect going in and Mm so i just continued to turn the page and read more that was just applying to my heart and understanding biblically understanding theologically and almost every chapter there was something that i could directly apply to my life uh, to these respectable sins to these die hard sins Mm mm-hmm um, and begin to apply, and so, I, like I said, yeah, genuinely, I just did not did not know what to expect, and um, was, yeah, I don't know if like I can say that pleasantly surprised. That's a, that's the best phrase that comes to mind right now. Yeah. Um, that it was just extremely fruitful and beneficial for me, mm-hmm. and I found that there was a lot of things that I noted down, and one of the biggest things is I just I want to read this again now that I've read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. Uh, and I think that that says a lot when you read a book and you're like, this needs to needs to be something I read again. But then also immensely helpful not only to my own life, but as I operate in my mind in terms of ministry mm-hmm. and trying to do things for others and uh, encouraging them in their walk with Christ and their holiness. I just thought, man, this is fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's my general thoughts. What about you, Ben? I would um, second everything that you just said. Disagree with everything I just said. Yes. I, <laughs> I couldn't be more wrong, Joey. Um, I thought it was um, challenging, um, just like you did. Yeah. Because um, 
Rush is right and saying that. Sounds like a campaign slogan. Yeah, Rush is right. <laughs> so if you ever run for office, Rush, if you ever listen to this, first <laughs> off, you may not <laughs> yeah. even care. Um, there's your campaign slogan. Rush is right. Yeah, Rush is right. Um, as I continued to read, it just became so glaringly obvious how easy it is for these sins. And I think this is even the language he uses to just kind of creep in unnoticed. That's why I love the uh, the front cover, that it's a flashlight. Flashlight, yeah. Because, I, I mean, that's the idea of sin, is bringing sin into the light, out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that I, I just thought that was such a fitting analogy by word picture, mm-hmm. that it is illuminating those yeah. things. Um, so from that standpoint, I found it very helpful. Um, pastorally, in my own ministry, I've, it's going to be immensely helpful, not only for my personal life, but in my ministry. And we'll talk about his three-part plan here in a minute that he, um, I th- believe it's in the introduction. Um, but it, his counseling background really shows mm-hmm. in this plan and throughout the book. Um, yeah. A, a couple other things, and I mean this as a compliment, it was a very easy read about a very difficult subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought yes. it was very well uh, written, very engaging. I appreciated each chapter, and then at the in one of the appendix in the back of the book, he gathered all the quotes that he put at the beginning of each chapter, so you had an easy way to access it. I appreciated all the quotes that he had. Um, another thing that I found really helpful were the gray boxes before each yes. chapter. The more that I read the book, the more I began to think those were more helpful. Yes. Um, and I thought he did an excellent job of... And what were those? What were those? So things? the gray boxes um, were based off of real stories of Rush has changed the names. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically talking about how um, these diehard sins can kind of come in. So one was, um, he looked at laziness and he presented laziness in a way that we don't normally think of it because Mm -hmm. he said the, the guy would only work hard when he was interested in something and he was very apathetic and not interested if, if he wasn't interested, he just wouldn't work hard and he wouldn't do it. Um, so it, it's very practical things like that. But I also thought, because you've read books before where maybe you haven't. I'm making a big assumption. No. <laughs> you, you've read, maybe you've read books before where they have something like that, but they never yeah. tie it in. Yeah. And I thought Rush did a really yes. good job of yes. actually tying in those stories. Um, not even really so much throughout the chapter that it that followed, but even just throughout the book, like you yes. referenced and I think that's why the more I read, the more it became even more uh, applicable because mm-hmm. those stories kept tying in and then you began to see and put put those concepts that you're learning to real life, mm-hmm. to, to world experience, not only seeing that in others, but then applying those things in yourself. So like, yeah. like the one you just mentioned, like as he was applying that laziness or sharing that, I was like, oh man, how how much is this true in my life? Like. In what regards, when I'm not passionate about something, do I just not do it or whatever? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, man, mm-hmm. I think that is a good a good light to shine on um, these different areas of yeah. our lives. Because we don't know what we don't know, right? What? 
we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> is it okay to say that? Is that fair to yeah, say that? that is, yeah. yeah, very fair. And so I think it's helpful to, I mean, why do we read or anything yeah. like that? But yeah. I think this book helps to show, to shine light on the areas that you might not even know that you are not walking according to the mm-hmm. Lord, that it is sinful in some regards. And I don't know if you got this impression as you read, but the way that he wrote, he was basically saying, this is you, without saying, mm. this is you. Yes. Like, just, yeah. maybe it's his writing style, but I'm sure perhaps it's his, some of that's his counseling style, I would have yeah. to imagine. Yeah. Um, but as you read it, it, I don't know if this is the right term, but when I would read it and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is, this is me. I never got the impression or, or felt mm-hmm. that it was judgy. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, no, like I, it, it I was agree. definitely not a, like I'm standing over you yep. pointing at you type of. Yeah. And that's, it's actually kind of almost surreal in some sense. Like, as you said that, I just realized, yeah, I would not, I would not have mm-hmm. thought that if that's a good way to put it surreal or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did not get that impression at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was laid out in such a way that, you know, you'd have those narratives at the beginning, the short gray boxes. Um, but then the way that things were written was in such a way that it was an understanding like, Oh man, if you're reading it with an receptive heart, I guess, if you will, if that's a mm-hmm. good way to put it, like that you realize, yeah, this is me, but it's not a judging that rushes saying, Hey you yeah. stop that. Yeah. Or even like later on yeah. in the book, towards the end of the book, um, <laughs> it, it, uh, Rush mention, mentions Romans and talks about how in Romans there is the gospel that is presented to us for six chapters uh, before the very first command. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. the, the first command is in Romans 6, correct? I yeah, think. towards the middle. Yeah. yeah. And so it's within, within Romans 6, but he paraphrased or whatever and... Uh, started off quoting Romans, Romans 1, Paul, grace and peace to you, et cetera, et cetera. And then big capital letters, stop it. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not, that's not what we get. Yeah. But we, we get this idea of, of grace, uh, yeah. of the gospel. And I think that is kind of seen, seen throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Being, being receptive, being able to, to come into contact with it and to be able to, to see the love of, of God compelling us to, attack our diehard sins mm-hmm. and uh i really appreciated that so yeah any other cursory thoughts there ben um you know the, the only other thing and this is um minor i thought the questions for reflection mm. at the end of each chapter um were very good I, I i've read books in the past where those questions are just kind of like what did the author say in this section yeah yeah i don't want to go back and read it again yep yep i didn't enjoy it that much the first time i don't want to go back again but these were really pointed and practical and practical so yeah which is with a subject like this you've need to be yeah because otherwise they're just going to continue in the dark your diehard sins exactly so rush um we mentioned the three-part plan which, by the way, yeah, I don't know if you notice this, Mm-mm. but it seems maybe this is okay to say, but it seems Rush loves the triad. 
Maybe he's, a John, you, maybe he's a John Frame guy. Did you, did you notice that? Did I you did pick not, up on that? I didn't pick up on it. I think I noticed about seven different triads. Yeah. yeah. But my, my eye was akin to it just yeah. because of how much we've just joked about it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. Maybe I've read too much John Frame to realize the triad. <laughs> yes. the, the triad. So, um, so I'm just going to read this really quick from the, um, from the book. Rush, yes. Rush writes, My method of caring for others through counseling and discipleship is simple. When ministering to another person, I use a threefold plan. Enter his world, understand his need, and then bring Christ and his answers to the person. Stop there for a minute. That is great. Yes. That is great. I'm with you, Rush. Yeah. Rush right. Rush is right. Rush is right. Yeah, here we go. It's our new, it's our new mantra. Start the hashtag. Uh, he continues, It is by no means simplistic, but it is simple. Um, as you will see in this book, I have adapted this method of ministry to others and presented it as a tool for fighting sin and caring for our own souls day by day. Yes. With practice, it has become second nature to me, and I hope it will mm. become second nature to you, too. So, when the, so the three-part plan, as he's applying it to the individual here, and as we're going to do it, mm -hmm. he says is, enter with joy into your struggle against destructive daily habits. Yes. Or, as the book is calling, um, die-hard sins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read that one again, though, because there's an important word in there. Enter with joy your mm. struggle mm -hmm. against destructive daily habits so we need to do it with joy which is kind of um, counterintuitive yes counterintuitive yeah. yes um but not counter practical <laughs> so do you, do you get what i'm going there ben like, i think you made that word up but i get what I you're did, saying I did make that word. <laughs> um number two understand your real needs in the fight and then number three, bring Christ and his provisions to bear on your beliefs and desires. Um, then he gives an example of, from Jesus's ministry in Matthew 9, 35 through 36 yep. um, of doing this mode of ministry. And he's making the argument that this is Jesus's normal mode of ministry. Um, Jesus is going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. So he, he makes the point that Jesus entered our world. Yep. Jesus understands our true needs. And mm. if anybody understands them, mm -hmm. Jesus does. And then third, um, Jesus brings his provisions and resources to the people um, because he has perfect knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So that's the threefold threefold plan enter with joy into your struggle against destructive daily habits understand your real needs in the fight and then bring christ and his provisions to bear on your beliefs and desires yes yeah and uh, it's good <laughs> That's the that's the biggest recommendation you could get from someone. It oh, is good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, literally, I guess I say that because I don't know where to start because there's so much there. There was so much there, and not that it was that big of a book. I guess. I mean, a little over 200 pages. Yeah. So I mean, sure, whatever. I, I don't know what what people classify as a big book these days, but that's not too bad in my personal opinion, anyways. No. But um. Uh. 
one of the things you mentioned in the in the description was was about the DNA of sin, the, the description of sin. Yeah. And that's really where he starts to kind of get the, the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to establish a solid foundation in that is what enables a better understanding of how to then fight it. Yes. Uh, how to mm-hmm. fight against those diehard sins, to uncover those diehard sins. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, why don't you share a little bit about your wrestling or why did you say that this was the quite possibly the best treatment that you have read of sin mm-hmm. uh, in this type of this type of literature because I think he struck a great balance of showing how sin is destructive to us um, apart from Christ but then as we're in Christ showing how our sin really disturbs and disrupts maybe mm-hmm. our relationship with God mm. now that we have a relationship with God as our father um, and he he points out and I think it's the second chapter and John Piper has mentioned this before so I will admit my thinking has been skewed or shaped rather by Piper on this and then Rush brings it out that um, Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God Mm -hmm. I've always found it interesting that Paul does not say fall short of the righteousness Mm. or the holiness of God Mm. but rather the glory of God Mm -hmm. so John Piper says sin is the belittling of God's glory and then the, one of the ways that Rush put it in here is that um, our sin is opposition to God's glory. Mm. I think they're saying the same thing, just mm-hmm. using uh, different words. So those are some of the reasons. And then really, I just thought it was so clear, even-handed, and biblical. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't a philosophical look at sin. Yeah, or, you know, accessible. Evil. Right, it's very accessible. Yeah. yeah. So that's one, the main reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that. Yes. So I'm just trying to think back through all of the content that I read that that led out of there. Well, one thing that that does come to mind real quick, and we we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but just the the importance of fighting these sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I think it, it is super important because of what you're talking about, that it is going against the glory of God and that sin is falling short of the glory of God, that this is an attack against who God is. Mm-hmm. And even the little things, um, even in the minute uh, little, oh man, there was a quote from, uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, I can't I can't remember where it was, but just talking about those minute sins. Oh, it's from it was from Calvin. I can't remember what it was. I actually just shared it on Facebook yeah, uh, this morning. Today, but yeah. but talking about like how the more that we look at ourselves uh, in terms of our sin, and I thought that was a good portion of his book, just talking about how we need to be um, self-examining. But then he also cautions what you know, 
failures may come for being too introspective or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, the importance of self-examination to to uncover our sins uh, for the sake of the glory of God um, and that we would do that in joy, uh, that, that, that that would lead to our joy. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's maybe a slight, slight rambling there, but that was obviously impactful to me yeah. enough that I shared Kevin's quote on uh, Facebook today, and uh, I will probably return to that again and again Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good quote yes indeed so summarize quickly and then I'd like to move to um, one of the appendix in the back sweet so enter with joy into the struggle yes Um, I I think it's chapter 3 he told it the chapter was titled contented discontentment Mm-hmm. Which is really kind of the idea that you've got to enter the struggle because you're sick of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be sick of your sin of laziness or gossip and um, gluttony and these other diehard sins that he looks at. Um, so you have to be discontent with that. Mm-hmm. And you've got to enter joyfully to struggle against that. We have to understand our need, um, which is immense. We need the gospel. We see Paul in Romans 1, uh, well, 1 through the middle of chapter six mm-hmm. he's writing to believers but he's writing to them the gospel yeah because we still need the gospel in our fight against these diehard sins um and then bringing christ's provisions to bear on the situation mm-hmm. i believe he shared five uh throughout the throughout the book which was god himself the gospel um i've got him right here i shouldn't try to um the Bible, the, the church, and the ordinances. Yes, thank you. A couple of things, because we're going to run through these. Yes. Um, I hope you're a, going in a, where in a, I was thinking. In Appendix A. One thing that I appreciated more, it, it will be critical in a second. We can't just yeah. do all praise. We'll yes. be somewhat critical. Um, sorry, Rush. Um, in many books on fighting against sin even in reform circles i feel comfortable saying this you're going to have many of the provisions that he talked about that Mm -hmm. i often feel like the church is missing yes um you went where i was going (laughs) got you as our friend says i got you fam um (laughs) that's right that's right um you're welcome tyler because you better listen to this uh And we've had many conversations together and then yes. with other people in yeah. our church just about the need mm-hmm. uh, for that. And you, you're you're more likely to see some of these diehard sins in me than mm-hmm. I am. And mm-hmm. I think that's one thing um, Rush points out in the, mm-hmm. in the book. So, But I'm going to turn it over to you because you were already going here. So do you have anything? In- well, yeah, I, I just echo exactly what you're saying in that. Um, man, in my life, and as I've been more exposed to Scripture, seeing the need of the local church and how that affects everything and every aspect of our lives, and the commitment that we have to one another, even even in discipleship, even in accountability, mm-hmm. and how those two things, though somewhat similar, um, those those two things independently work in me different ways to expose my sin 
mm-hmm. and and also different ways for me to enjoy Christ and to want to grow into Christ's likeness. And those can sometimes be separated from the local church, but I think it's it's most sweet when it is within the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't necessarily have to go dig into more of that, but not only sitting under the expositional preaching, um, but um, having that counseling of, of one-on-one mm-hmm. or yeah. anything like that, which which he mentions is uh, is helpful. Yeah, very helpful. So that that's what I was thinking. Okay, that's when, when yeah. I was when I was going in that direction. That yeah, I was very glad that um, they touched on it and said, "But wait, there's actually going to be an entire chapter about this next." So yeah, there's a bit of yeah, a and, I, and I also appreciate the ordinances. Yeah. Um, and you know more about that than I do. I'm yeah. not as astute. I'm not uh, as studied in understanding those things. Yeah. Um, so we touched on them a little bit. And it was helpful yeah. to me to get a, a general understanding. Yeah. Um, but as someone who doesn't know super in depth, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't know any criticisms or anything like that to yeah. to say per se. No, I, I in Baptist circles, I feel like. Baptism and the Lord's Supper can kind of be uh, touchy subjects because we don't want baptism to do more than it's supposed to. Uh-huh. And we don't want the Lord's Supper to do more than it's supposed to. And um, um, But when we look at both of those as a means of grace, mm. and that, you know, Romans 6, once again, I mean, he looks at baptism there, and I don't think Paul's referring specifically to water baptism there. But I think there is a connection to where when a new believer is baptized, Mm -hmm. you've got that picture that Paul has in Romans 6. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an incentive for us to fight against those diehard sins because it's like God is still doing Mm. what what he said he would do in Romans 6. And this is a picture that this person has been united to Christ. I have been united to Christ. Mm -hmm. I need to keep going. Yes. And it's that same thing with the lord's supper communion mm-hmm. um the visual representation um if i say it that way yeah 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 but uh <laughs> whoa, whoa <laughs> no. um, but a visual reminder of the gospel like we say at church often like we we preach the gospel preach the bible sing the bible um pray the bible read the bible pray the bible read the bible sing pray the, the bible, bible read the bible all but the things in the lord's supper In the Lord's Supper, we we see the Bible. We see the message of the gospel. So um, you pray the Bible, you sing the Bible, read the Bible, preach the Bible, preach the Bible, and see see the Bible in the ordinances. Yes, um, both baptism and the Lord's Supper. It's a, a visible, uh, visual reminder of what God has done through Christ in the gospel. So, um, but Appendix A, shall we? Appendix A. Let's dig in now. One thing I will say. Say it. Because the 15 people that will listen to this. It's all 15 all of 15. them. Thanks for listening, yes, by you. the way. We, we do we, appreciate we it. We appreciate you more than... And watching. Yeah, yeah. If you're well, one of those 15... Watching, that'll at least double the crowd. I will see. Those, I don't yeah. know. Um, you're probably wondering, why in the world are these guys looking at the appendix of a book? Yes, that is a great question. Because um, normally one would not necessarily do that. No, I understand. I finished the book this morning and did not read the appendix. So here's why we're doing this, though. The appendix is helpful. 
It's very helpful. That's a guess. It, yeah, I mean, it no, is. It is very helpful. But, but also... I was finishing your statement for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, throughout the book, Rush mentions them a lot. Yes. And reading tip, if an author mentions something a few times, they probably think it's important. Hmm. What do you know? Yeah, strange. That is... Just, I read strangely, Profound. Guess, but, um... Um, but the appendix go through these provisions that you just outlined mm. and what he's doing in appendix a specifically is, um, going, uh, a- asking application questions. Yes. Um, so he's got extending roots and bearing fruits is kind of how he breaks these things down as he goes through both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really to help the reader yeah um apply these provisions that christ has given to us through the gospel um and he so this is not a book that we just go to and read and then put it down and nothing happens right ben right and if you do you read it wrong yeah if i can be so bold be yeah bold um but he's, he he's opens up the first appendix by writing, Action is an essential part of killing sin. We must become doers of the word. There's James. Mm-hmm. Which means putting into practice the biblical principles we have learned. Uh, once you've read through chapters 8 and 9, we can use these questions and exercises to uh, equip you in your fight every day. Um, start today. Start today. Take it slow. And I think this is where we fail sometimes. Mm-hmm. Take it slow and begin now to follow but, the but instructions But I want it now, below. Ben. If you all of a sudden become omniscient <laughs> and omnipotent, which means you have become God, which can't happen because nope. God is not becoming. He is being. Mm. Um, drop that one. Mic drop. Then, Just close it up. Then you can do that. But, yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen to either nope. of us. So, um, take it slow, begin now, uh, and these will lead you into a more practical approach to fighting wisely against destructive daily habits. And pause for just a second, because this is another reason I love the book. I may not be remembering correctly, but I don't remember a single technique Mm, mm -hmm. in the book Mm -hmm. for fighting sin. There was a book I remember reading in high school um, with our youth group. And it was dealing with, because it's always a good idea to read a book on lust with a bunch of teenage boys. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And, um, but the the only takeaway I have from that book, and it's an awful one, I make fun of it, is um, if you are tempted to look at a woman in lust, bounce your eyes. Mm. Bounce the eyes. Mm. Bounce the eyes, Joey. Um, oh. But that's a technique yes. to fight sin. It's not necessarily bringing to bear Christ's provisions on my sin. Yes. And I think that's what was so helpful and consistent throughout the whole book. Because, and the reason that that's an issue, Ben, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but this this is where my mind is going, is that the reason that would be an issue is that that essentially puts a, what difference is that between you being a, Christian and a non-believer, like these are worldly means in some sense, mm-hmm. if I can say it in that way, that it's not Christ is the one who's going to 
change us mm-hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to to work and conform us to His image. The only way that happens is by His Word. And if we are, though these things that we do is helpful, mm-hmm. and maybe this is a long rabbit trail, but yeah. uh, uh, it's not about techniques as yeah. much as it is what is God's Word revealed to us. Yes. No. I totally agree, because, like, techniques... Good, I'm glad we're on the same page here. (laughs) (laughs) Techniques, I do believe techniques are helpful. Yeah, yes. But they're not the be-all, end-all. So, like, if a a guy struggles with pornography, as an example, I think it would be perfectly legitimate to get rid of your computer, if that's the source of the problem. But if you Mm -hmm. just get rid of the computer, and you're not doing what you just mentioned... You're not. The hard work? Yeah. Um... You'll find another way to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's what I appreciated about the book. Thank you another for making thing. that analogy. Yeah. I think that it's good fitting to talk about. Okay. In terms of techniques. And gotcha. Et cetera, et gotcha. Et yeah. I, like practical. We're getting practical like, here. We are getting practical because theology is practical. All right. Um, so I thought it would be helpful. I'm not going to read all of these, um, but I just thought it'd be helpful to read one question from each provision under extending roots bearing fruits so the first one is the provision of god himself and they're not really questions always i keep saying questions some of them are statements like this one uh so application extending roots focus on relating to god as your very present help in times of trouble see that in the psalms Mm. regularly talk to god about his nearness he is not far away even as you fight even as your fight with sin uh, rages. I thought that was really good. That that was one of the biggest applications uh, while reading the book of really orienting the mind, my mind towards the gospel and not necessarily towards the law or whatever. Those go hand in hand, but orient my mind to the nearness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yes. Good. good. Bearing fruits. Your heavenly Father in Christ promises his spirit to be present with you and at work for your good. Throughout the day, thank God for his sovereign care of your life during the times of spiritual difficulty. Hmm. Second provision, provision of the Bible, uh, extending roots. Um, Psalm 19 describes God's word as being sweeter than honey. Confess to God ways in which you have lost a taste for Hmm. his word. Hmm. And if we're honest lost a taste yeah that happens more than we want to admit yeah yep yeah bearing fruits as you read scripture look specifically for the biblical dynamic of putting off sin and putting on righteousness um so if i'm a liar i need to stop lying and i need to start telling the truth that's put off lying Mm -hmm. put on truth Mm mm-hmm Provision of the gospel, um, extending roots, uh, treasuring Christ in your heart through frequent reminders of the gospel, who killed the sinful desires that aimed to dethrone him from your heart. And we've already mentioned Jerry Bridges, mm-hmm. and I think he mentioned Jerry Bridges on this as well. This is what Jerry Bridges just called preaching the gospel to yourself every mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. I think that can take any form from just writing it out daily a specific aspect of the gospel. Jerry Bridges, it might be discipline of grace. He advocates praying. 
Yes, it is displeasing grace. Morning, yeah. uh, uh, through the gospel, so preach the gospel to yourself daily. Bearing fruits, uh, make it your aim to relate to other peoples in ways that are informed by the gospel. As God has graciously served you, seek to minister his grace to others. Mm. Uh, the next provision, the church. Uh, I just want to go with the first one here because I think it's so important. Evaluate your current participation in church life. Um, hmm. Participation. Mm-hmm. Um, not attendance. Not attendance. So just coming on Sunday morning, not enough. We'll leave it at that. Are you involved in a healthy church where people honestly pray for, encourage, and counsel one another with the truth? If I could just pause here for a minute. One thing that's been so helpful is our church did that church directory. Mm-hmm. And I try to just use that daily mm-hmm. and pray for one person from the church. Mm. And then, because it gets me in that mindset that he talks about here, serving and counseling yep. one another. Yep. Bearing fruits. When you find yourself struggling with a particular sin, seek out a wise Christian or pastor who can give godly counsel and encouragement. Mm-hmm. This is not also the case, always the case, but I think that wise Christian normally is going to be an older Christian, and I mean mm-hmm. older in the faith. Mm-hmm. That, that may not necessarily mean they're 65 years old and you're 30. It could just be that they're just a more mature Christian than you are. Mm. Would you agree, disagree with that? Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I'm with you. A track. Nice. Provisions of the... Tracking old, with you. The, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Are you tracking? <laughs> yes. Um, the provision of the ordinances. Um, if you're Presbyterian, you would call this the sacraments. The sacraments. I think either word's fine. Um, extending roots. Meditate on Jesus' joyful sacrifice on the cross. Allow the beauty of his humility to work in you, a longing to sacrifice your desire in exchange, desires in exchange for his. And then bearing fruits. When you take the Lord's Supper, thank God for sending Christ and ask him to help you live in the light of his good news. Mm-hmm. The Lord's Supper is an opportunity to examine your life and submit yourself to God's plan of change. So we are over the 40 minute mark. Mm. So I just want to pause and see, is there anything you would want to add to that? Man, there's so much that uh, taking in of this... Uh, I will say I'm glad that you highlighted that in the appendix there and digging in those things because I think that's in the nitty-gritty, the application in the, uh, yes, in the nitty-gritty, nice. the application. But I'm repeating I, myself. But, yeah, I think we have to remember that as we, as you read through this book, you learn a lot of truth mm-hmm. and it's refreshing mm-hmm. and it's, it really is great. But our pastor has said multiple times, unapplied truth is wasted truth. That's why I think these, especially that first appendix, is so helpful. Stated belief, this was a, I liked this. Stated belief minus actual practice equals actual belief. Mm -hmm. That was a a reference that he had made in that. And I thought, man, that's so good. And I think that's what we're Mm -hmm. getting at here. Just because you're applying or gaining this knowledge, uh, but we're not practicing it then we're not, we're not actually believing it one thing that i do want to highlight though ben was uh as i was reading 
excuse me, on page 122, he begins to talk about aligning our beliefs with Scripture is imperative to our spiritual maturity. Quote, unquote, aligning our beliefs with Scripture is imperative to our spiritual maturity. We each think, speak, and act according to our worldview, but apart from the worldview of Christian truth, very little can be known or consistently understand or understood in God's world. And this is where I thought it it was uh, just very evident to me. He goes on and says, Thus, our battle against diehard sins is a battle of worldviews. Mm. The worldview of Scripture is at odds with the world, the flesh, and the devil. The need for right beliefs is inescapable, even in the mundane, street-level issues of life. What we believe matters a great deal. Mm. And I think that... Um, no, that was yeah, that was that was from him on one twenty two, one twenty three. Uh, I just thought that was immensely practical um, because it, if we dig into the beliefs, that is what's guiding and mm. girding our yeah. actions, and um, that if we're applying scripture to our hearts, that is going to be helpful in our attempt to uproot mm. these diehards in. So, yeah. I just thought that might be something helpful too. Very, to highlight. very helpful. Um, I'm going to do this quickly, and then if you have any critique, we'll do it, okay? All right. Uh, in Appendix B, not to stay in the appendices, but we're going to do it. That's, what, that's, what, that's where we are. Yeah. He gives this refuse, replace, pray, praise. Uh, these four terms. And it's a way, another way to battle the diehard sin. So you refuse mm. the temptation in Jesus' name. You replace the temptation with Scripture. Uh, you pray the other way. Um, so he he writes, when tempted toward impurity, pray toward holiness. Mm. God, I don't want to be mm. pure. Help me be holy. Mm, that's good. Um, and then praise God for his victory. Um, and then in Appendix C, he gives that pair method, which can also be used, um, which is pray for truth, explore truth, Act on truth and rejoice in truth. All about the truth. All about the truth. So, um, and, the, and honestly, I, I'd encourage everyone to get a copy of the book. Um, if for no other reason than just this in the back. Mm. And it's only 20, 20 some odd pages. Yeah. I think. Yep. Um, and there's another one, but it's uh, just the quotations, as I mentioned earlier. So, um but yeah, did you have any criticisms, crit things critiques? That, uh, I guess I didn't spend enough time with it. That's fair. Really to dig in and yeah. and uh, think it through, as our pastor likes to say. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, very much so. And uh, though thinking through will be done, uh, at least hopefully in part, if yeah. not in whole, Um yeah, I I don't know. Help me think think about this, Ben. I, I I don't know if I really have anything critical to say either in a um helpful way because you know sometimes you'll read a book and you're like ah, I may have worded that differently. You know, yes. that may seem petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even things like that, it's not not even there. As I was reading the 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 uh, we already mentioned this, but. If the local church wasn't mentioned, I was going to be like, huh, I yeah. wonder why that wasn't. Or, but then again, like there was, 
and this is just talking again about the things that mm-hmm. it's not critical. It's just there were some things that I was like expecting. Maybe this is not going to be here, but then they, sh- they shut up. up. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised in that, and so I haven't sat with it for enough time to mm-hmm. uh, to really digest and uh, chew my cud, I guess, if you yeah. will. It is definitely a book that needs to be returned to. Yeah. If not twice, multiple multiple mm-hmm. times. Which is like, why Al says, put it on your shelf. Put it on your shelf. It's a resource needed in every library. There you go. Christian library. Ready. Yeah. Ready to go. Parting thoughts, and we'll wrap this, wrap these shenanigans up. I am glad that we did this, and I'm looking forward to more conversations between me and you, even off mic and off camera, uh, about these things. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I, I think it's good, and... There's just so much there that yeah. uh, I mean, going back to, yeah. and I'm, I'm genuinely like, th- I was thinking through, man, this would be great to go through with this person or this person. And mm-hmm. I'd love to talk through with them about these things as I myself am like thinking through yeah. them. So, yeah, it would make a, um, in fact, we've, I don't know if you've noticed many people in our launch team group that we have, um, they've mentioned using it for a small group study, which mm-hmm. I think you could start even with those questions for reflection and read it together. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, authors may not hear this very much. So, thank you, Rush, for the book. Yeah, I was going to say that same thing. Very helpful. Thank you, Rush. Um, I, I was wondering to myself what, what made him decide to write this book, but I'm very thankful that he did, not mm-hmm. knowing yeah. what uh, what that is. Just experience and stuff, and wanting to mm-hmm. get it out there. I guess. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, very, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rush. And thank you to you all for tuning in uh, as we blabbered on here. Uh, hopefully not blabbered, but provided some helpful <laughs> feedback and context to this book, Die Hard Sins by Rush Rushton. Rushton Wit. Wit. So. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Until next time. See ya. See ya.